0: you see Paul W. Smith on I-94 this morning, please move to the right. He may be running a few minutes late. It's the Free w Smith show with Jeff Sloan on 760 WJR.
1: All right. Welcome back. Like that, Mark? Well, yeah. Let's get to it, man. The heart of the matter. <laughs> there we go. All right. Listen, guys, uh, in other news happening around the country, Got another hurricane bearing down on Florida, don't we? We do. Tropical storm Nicole. So that's a tropical storm at this point, not yet a hurricane. Right. Right. Although they okay. are calling it a hurricane. Okay. Well maybe uh maybe I think it's start switching. out as a tropical storm, that's right, right? And it becomes a hurricane when mm-hmm. it reaches certain Category one strength.
0: Mm-hmm. It's on track to across the Bahamas Wednesday. And most okay. of Florida with high winds and rain the rest of this week.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mark said, how do they, when you mention it's Hurricane Nicole, he, he asked the question and it's a good one. How do, they, how do they do the naming system? Well, the Atlantic Ocean Hurricane Naming System, it's been around since 1953. At that time, when it first started, it was all female names, except they didn't use the letters to start names Q, U, X, Y, and Z. I'm not exactly sure why. But they don't use names starting with those letters now. In 1979, it changed to alternate between a female name, then a male name, and so on. So uh, there you go, Mark. All right, I beat Th- I beat Brian. I knew the question was going to come up. Thank How you for work? that answer. And I, and I wanted to beat Brian to the punch on that one at least. He, he got us Hurricane on the other Brian. <laughs> yeah, brother, that's the boy, Hurricane Brian downtown Detroit. Uh-huh, that's for sure. All right, listen. Uh, Speaking of hurricanes, you know, these hurricanes are devastating when they hit the Florida coast. You can, <laughs> any way you want to say it, tremendous cost. Cost in certainly human life occasionally and, and unfortunately, but also just always cost in infrastructure and other things that uh, require spending. Uh, hurricanes are no doubt expensive on the back end, expensive on the front end, all the evacuations and everything else. Well, there's now a better solution that's been proposed to the hurricane problem. And we've got the story. Uh, We've got Benji Jones covering it for us. He's senior environmental reporter at Vox. Benji.
0: Yeah, I often am just writing about the depressing side of climate change and and the loss of nature. But in this case, there's actually a solution to one of the most impactful and destructive symptoms of climate change, which is intensifying hurricanes. And that is coral reefs. You probably know what a coral reef is. These are underwater, beautiful, natural systems that harbor an immense amount of life. You can think of clownfish and lobster, et cetera. And they essentially function along our coasts as seawalls that prevent the damage of storm surge and waves and so forth from being as bad as it would be if there were no reefs at all.
1: And they've been under threat lately as it is. And now we're beginning to understand they have value even beyond what we, you know, we already knew they had value, but now it could be uh, instrumental in offsetting this other threat.
0: That's right. Yeah. So we've seen a, a tremendous decline of coral reefs worldwide. About half of all coral cover around the world is, has been lost and that's because of things like climate change, which is heating up the water. There's also disease and pollution. So that's been really sad to see. And, and you're totally right. We are starting to see benefits beyond just the value for fisheries and for the creatures that live there. We are starting to see the value for storm control, for flooding control. And people have actually put a number on this. Scientists have put a number on this.
1: A number in terms of a dollar value.
0: That's right. So there was a study by the U.S. Geological Survey, and which is a a branch of the government, an agency of the government that has found that essentially coral reefs can help safeguard the homes of more than 18,000 people and avert almost $2 billion in flood damage each year in the U.S. alone. So we're talking about a ton of money, a ton of homes that are kind of safeguarded from flooding related to hurricanes. So they provide tremendous value. Florida is a place where a lot of people are going to receive those benefits so there's a reef along the coast of Florida that can can help if we do enough to keep that reef intact
1: and that's the big challenge exactly yeah this all sounds good and everything but you know as i say they're they're dying off as it is already what do we do how do we stem the tide turn this around and put those coral reefs back to work for us in ways that are really important specifically as we're talking now as it relates to the prevention of this flood and water damage that comes, yeah. you know, a concurrent with a hurricane.
0: Yeah, so the big thing would probably be to reduce our fossil fuel emissions just because that is what's fueling climate change, and climate change is a very large driver of the decline of coral reefs. So stopping the problem is is one big part of it. But then there are a large number of scientists that are now working to restore coral reefs, to bring them back. And that essentially means you can kind of farm coral in a laboratory or even out in the open ocean and then plant you can call them baby corals, on the reef in a degraded system or even on kind of man-made structures that act as like a stable base for the reef. And you can actually start to regrow these reefs. And there are a lot of organizations that are doing this. I've actually gotten to, to dive in some of these restored reefs, and it's pretty cool to just see that we can actually regrow coral reefs.
1: And how long does it take before we can see the benefits? I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, we could say we're committed to this right now, but we might not see benefits until how long?
0: That's a very important question. So these are not like forests. They're not like trees that grow relatively quickly, coral reefs do grow very slowly. However, and this is another bit of good news, the scientists that are working to restore reefs have developed ways to speed up the process of growth. So one way you can do that is by fracturing a coral into tiny little pieces and what the researchers find is that when you fracture them into tiny pieces, they grow much faster, almost like they're healing a wound or something. And so by doing this, you can grow coral much, much faster. We're talking many, many times faster. So it's still going to take years, but not more than, I don't know, 50 or 100 years. So we could see these benefits relatively quickly if we move quickly and invest in in restoration.
1: Right. And so that's the question. Is this still stuck in kind of an R&D phase or have we moved into actually now buying into this and saying this could be a very, very important solution and let's get at it right now? Are programs underway to start building out these coral reefs?
0: Yes and no. So the government does spend a lot of money on limiting coastal flooding, but most of that money is not going to restoration. So they spend about $500 million a year. In some years, it's much more. And the largest reef restoration programs are much, much smaller. I think the biggest one I found was about $5 million in federal funding. And so there is a giant gap in funding to make these projects come to life. But in terms of the science, like we know how to do this. It's just about getting the government on board, getting private funders on board to be like look this is a natural solution it has all kinds of benefits not just for people but also for for wildlife and so forth so it it, it is a pretty cool solution
1: all right well let's hope that we start embracing this programs like this are critical in many many ways and this is a really important one by the way did you actually go into one of these like uh, simulator things where they turned on a jet engine and blew the you did
0: yeah, so basically you go into this room. It's at the University of Miami, their, their School of Marine Sciences on the coast of Miami. It's it's the gorgeous campus, and you go into this big warehouse, and they have the world's only simulator that can recreate a Category 5 storm, and I convinced them to turn it on for me. They wouldn't do the Category 5 because it takes so much energy, but they did like a lower-grade storm, and it's basically a big tank with water, and then they pipe in hurricane strength winds, and they also have a wave generator. And so you can kind of use this storm in a box to basically test how coral reefs and other structures with coral on them can help lessen The impact of waves. So they've actually been doing this, and that's why we know that coral reefs are so helpful in the face of of intense storm surge. And they've tested these specific structures called sea hives, which are basically these concrete hexagons, these like tube-like hexagons that they put coral on them. We know that if you put coral on them, they do more to prevent storm surge, and they're going to drop many of these off the coast of Miami to actually test to see how this works in in the real world.
1: Wow, fascinating. All right. Benji Jones, senior environmental reporter at Vox. Let's hope we start seeing some action on this really soon. We appreciate it, Benji.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks again.
1: All right. Thanks for being on. Back with more in a minute right here on the Pre-W Smith Show.